Whether we're talking about gallbladders or the Secure Act 2.0, there's really no such thing as oversharing, right? In addition to finding out how Josh is faring post-surgery, we're also getting a thorough debrief on many new Secure Act provisions adopted at the end of 2022. To be quite honest, it doesn't have quite the sweeping changes that 1.0 had, but it, it is pretty massive still. So here's the biggest change. Secure Act 1.0, it changed the RMD age. It has been 70 and a half for years. And Secure Act 1.0 increased that to 72. Secure Act 2.0, effective 2023, raised that to 73. You'll also learn why tax strategy is key to maximizing assets in retirement. Because it's a forced income upon you, that means that more of your other assets could be taxed. That could raise your capital gains rate. It could change how much of your Social Security is taxed. Uh, it could put you in a higher tax bracket. This gives you more time to take advantage of tax bracket management, to utilizing the tax brackets, and another opportunity for you to take back some control away from Uncle Sam. We want your retirement to be the best part of your life. In order for that to happen, you need to be proactive and you need to own your retirement. I like when my clients have control. I like when there's nothing reigning over them that could spoil what we believe could be the best part of their lives. Own it, baby. Own it, baby. This is the Retirement Equals Freedom podcast. The host of the show, Josh Brettel, is the owner of FSR Wealth Strategies. For the last few decades, he's been helping fine folks like you make retirement the best part of your life. And me? Hi there, I'm Dave. Josh's longtime friend, co-host, and fan of SpaghettiOs with Meatballs. All right, my intro has gone on long enough. Let me, let you, let me end this introduction so we can learn all about Secure Act 2.0. FSR Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor located in Elmhurst, Illinois. Information and opinions contained in this audio have been arrived at by FSR Wealth Advisors. All information herein is for informational purposes and should not be construed as investment advice. It does not constitute an offer, solicitation, or recommendation to purchase any security. FSR is not providing legal, tax, accounting, or financial planning advice in this audio. These views are as of the date of its publication and are subject to change. So, Dave, last week, yeah, I had the pleasure mm-hmm. of, oh, it's two weeks ago now, I think. When did I have my gallbladder ripped out? Two weeks ago. Yeah. This was planned. Uh, I had it scheduled, I don't know, like a month, month and a half out. And I wasn't having gallstones, but it needed to come out for medical reasons. And I never had surgery before. So I was at Elmhurst Hospital. It went laparoscopically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started at 9 a.m. I was home in bed Minus one organ at 1 p.m. that afternoon. That's efficiency. It was amazing. They have you all anesthesia out and everything, and they wheelchair me out. And I remember thinking, it's kind of weird to leave the hospital with less organs than you came in. Now, how do you know that you left with no less than one? How do Ooh, you know it's that- a good question. I have no idea. It's in my 
my medical records. I got the hospital bill really fast, and that was kind of crazy. And I only got billed for one removal, so I guess that might be it. So my kids, they know what a bladder is Mm -hmm. because it helps them pee, you know. And we have kids who are at the age where if there's some sort of joke about a bodily function, they're going to make it. But they have no idea what a gallbladder is. So when I got home, A, they were surprised I could still pee. And B, I'm also a human jungle gym, as you, I'm sure, are to land in at home. And my one one of the few requirements I had afterwards was don't lift anything more than eight pounds. And mm-hmm. don't, that means my children, without a doubt. Alex was walking around telling everyone I had a bladder infection and it had to come out. <laughs> so it was kind of funny. I mean, you have some bottles of wine that weigh more than eight pounds. I've seen your cellar. So how do you handle that situation? Well, one of the things you're not supposed to do very heavily after uh, gallbladder surgery is drink alcohol. Mm. So we've just not been having it. So that works. Well, Josh, we're all thrilled that you're feeling better. And look, I'm going to say it. You lost some weight. You look great. I I did. Actually, I think people are freaking out that I've lost weight. Like my, my parents have been in Florida since Christmas and they came back this week. And they're like, oh, my God, you've lost so much weight. I think they're worried like it was the surgery. I had actually lost a lot of weight before the surgery, like, actually trying. I just didn't look like it. <laughs> now, they ripped an organ out, and I've continued yeah. to lose weight, which is intentional. Like this isn't some sort of medical thing. Yeah. Uh, I just found it weird that my wife scheduled me for a gallbladder surgery. I don't even need to remove. So. <laughs> oh, Carla. Oh, Carla. Uh, I have decided to stop making comments and references to our new podcast table. I'm doing it right now. This is the last time because we are continuously disappointed by our vendor. Um, But so here we are. Uh, Video, people, which is coming in 2023. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're still at the same old old boring table for now. One more fun thing. Mm -hmm. You and I just attended a baby shower. We did. Yeah. So Brian from my office, our office – his wife, Anna, is expecting their first on Valentine's Day. Yep. It's all the little boy, you're having a baby boy and all the books and it kind of brings back the memories of the books we used to read. Afterwards, I messaged Carla and I said, we just had the baby shower and I said, Brian got a baby Brezza from Josh and his dad. And I'm like, that brings back so many memories. And Carla and I can't, we can't remember what we had yesterday for lunch or breakfast, but she remembers that the first time our baby Brezza broke down, I drove in a snowstorm to Bye Bye Baby to get a new one because that's how (laughs) desperate we were because the thing was awesome. So then we started reminiscing and like, yeah, you miss those days, but you kind of don't. There's very few random small appliances that I recommend, like that I will be like, you have to buy this. It's the best thing ever. One is a pizza pizzazz. I was just going to say. Mm-hmm. One's a pizza pizzazz. Yes. Uh, it revolutionizes frozen pizza. And two is the baby Brezza. If you're mm. having a baby, this thing is unreal. So, And we had twins. It was literally a lifesaver. Oh, without a doubt. The pizza pizzazz did to pizza and other frozen goods what the Mike Tyson grill, what was it called? Oh, the uh, no, the George Foreman. George Foreman grill did to processed meats. I yeah. mean, it was just, it's revolutionary. By the way, we need to get one of those in the office, Josh. A pizza pizzazz or yeah. a George Foreman? A pizza pizzazz, 50 bucks. Well, I actually have a pizza pizzazz dilemma a little bit. Oh, no. Yeah, people tuning in for Secure Act 2.0 because when you wrote this out and we're talking pizza pizzazz and babies and mm-hmm. gallbladders. Yep, it all ties together nicely. It all, we're going to wrap it together with one big bow at the end. <laughs> you know, we're, re, we're redoing our, our, our kitchen and... We have had our pizza pizzazz now for 20 years. Oh. We got it before we were even engaged. Okay. And we just celebrated our 18th wedding anniversary. So we've had it for about 20 years. Okay. 
it just broke. No. It just broke. Just the motor wasn't turning on it anymore. Okay. And I mean, we use this thing all the freaking time. Sure. I mean, it was an integral part to our lives. Sure. And sure. we're good cooks. Like, this was an integral part to our life. And now the question comes, like, as we put our new kitchen back together, do we include the pizza pizzazz? Here's my advice. And Missy, you're not going to listen to this, but Josh can tell you. It's either a pizza pizzazz or a pizza stone oven in your backyard. It has to be one of the two. <laughs> Whatever you go for. I got a story for that one, too. It came up this weekend, but I don't know if we have time for that right now. Maybe episode 32. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Are you surprised that I've heard nothing about Secure Act 2.0 being passed? I'm being somewhat facetious here. Because it seems pretty important, but yet no one's talking about it. Well, it's pretty important, but you also just reached Tim Burton news. Yeah, like, that's true. There's not a lot of news you watch that I think will be re- you know, relevant to Secure Act 2.0. I don't like the kid, but he's got a point. I mean, I like you and you have a point because Secure Act 1.0 got a ton of press and 2.0 did not. It did not get as much of a press. And to be quite honest, it doesn't have quite the sweeping changes that 1.0 had, but it, it is pretty massive still. It, it's quite the bill. Not to be fair, it was passed like right before Christmas or a few days before. Yeah, I think we've been talking about it for so long that people are just tired of it. Yeah. I think, yeah, the, um, December 29th was actually right before New Year's. Oh, okay. So, I mean, yeah. it's, this, is, this is brand new. Mm-hmm. And we're still digesting a little bit, but it's, there's a lot in there. And uh, just to recap, we did an episode, it was podcast episode 21, where we talked about the first Secure Act. So I recommend you go back and listen to that and then come back here. Now, that was back in September. Mm-hmm. And I only know that because Aaron put notes in here for us. When I read this, and I'm, I'm going to apply the Secure Act 2.0 to retirees for the most part. And what does it mean to them? And how does it impact them and their retirement? And where we can, we'll make some suggestions. But like every good educational topic, please make sure you talk to someone who knows your situation. If you have questions about it, don't wait. I mean, this can make a major impact and it can have some benefits too. So as we talk to all of our clients, it's kind of fun to see how we can incorporate you know these different things into their lives. So should they email me with questions or? Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Do not email Dave financial questions. <laughs> Secure Act 2.0, December 29th. And A lot of it expands upon the original Secure Act 1.0. And Secure Act 1.0 is a pretty big difference. So here's the biggest change. And we're going to spend the most time talking about this. But Secure Act 1.0, so the original Secure Act, I mean, the OG, it changed the RMD age. So let's, let's take a step back and talk about RMDs. RMDs stands for Required Minimum Distributions. That is the age at which the IRS requires you to start taking money out of your 401ks and IRAs, and they do that so they can collect taxes on it. It has been 70 and a half for years, decades and decades, it's been 70 and a half. And Secure Act 1.0, the OG, increased that to 72. Secure Act 2.0, effective 2023, raised that to 73. So... For people who were turning 72 in 2023, you get a year reprieve. And not for people, F-O-U-R, for all you people that turn 73. I'm going to guess there's more than four F-O-U-R people that are going to turn 73 this year. Just clarifying, you never know. But <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. Sure. 
Email Dave your financial questions. He'll clarify it just like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you turn 72 in 2023, you do not have to take an RMD. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. You do not have to take it. Now, if you turned 72 on December 31st of 2022, you still have to take oh. your RMD. So that's the rule there. And that makes sense, too, because you will be 73 in 2023 mm-hmm. anyways. But that goes in 2024 now. Anyone who turns 73 will be taking their RMD at age 73. Okay. Now, they went one step further. And 10 years from now, I mean, they, they made a law that changes in age 10 years from now. Wow. But 10 years from now, the age goes up to 75. Ooh. To me, that's kind of funny. Like, do you think that's going to stick? Do you think 10 years from now, people are going to be like surprised? Like, oh, we forgot this age changed. So what do you do about this? How do you take advantage of this? And Dave, you know my, my big thing on control. I always tell people, you want to have control of your situation. Yeah. You want to control your future. And uh, in fact, our entire retirement planning process, we call it your own your retirement planning process so that you can take control and own your own retirement. And one of the things that is your biggest risk is taxes. I mean, the obligatory. Hashtag tax nerd. Thanks, Al. And the government does have a lot of control over you. So these RMDs are one of those. They will force you to start taking money out. So what does that mean? Well, because it's a forced income upon you, that means that more of your other assets could be taxed. That could raise your capital gains rate. It could change how much of your social security is taxed. Uh, It could put you in a higher tax bracket. There's all sorts of things that it could occur. So what this does is this gives you more time to plan. This gives you more time to take advantage of of tax bracket management, to utilizing the tax brackets. And this age is another opportunity for you to take back some control away from Uncle Sam. And earn an extra year of interest, right? You know what, Dave? That is actually a common misconception, and it doesn't really do that. Um, The biggest thing it does is it saves you one year of tax on an RMD if all else being equal, if you don't plan for anything. So the RMD age change is really big. And what they didn't do here, what I expect them to do, was change the stretch rule again, but that did not happen. So that was kind of a good thing. So this was kind of something that Congress actually helped you with. This is a good change for most retirees. Have you come across these changes recently with your clients? Have you started planning for these changes already? We've been talking about them. I mean, we're, we're recording this in the third week of January, so we haven't had a lot of chance to implement it. But we have a client. They are 10 days apart in age. Her husband turned 72 on December 28th, and she turned 72 10 days later. Now, mm-hmm. he has to take his RMD. She does not. Oh, wow. And she was she is on top of this, and she emailed us right away and says, does this mean I don't, don't have to take it? And we said, yeah, actually – it did change our planning for her because you know, if you have to take an RMD, you want to plan that into cash flow and do all that stuff. So it was uh, it was really interesting. It was kind of fun to to get that. But no, we are we are actively starting this already. And most of the plans that we do, the own your retirement planning process takes taxes into consideration heavily, anyways. And what this does is this actually gives us a little bit more control, which is fun. Um, and you love control. I, you just said it. I don't love my. Actually, I do. I, I'm a, I'm a control freak, but. I like when my clients have control. I like when when there's nothing raining over them that could spoil 
what we believe could be the best part of their lives. Own it, baby. Own it, baby. Now, some other changes that occur, and I'm going to stick with the RMD front. This is minor. But if you did not take your RMDs, the penalty for not taking it used to be 50% of the RMD plus the tax. So So if your RMD was like five grand. Let's use a bigger number. Okay. A hundred grand. Is that even a thing? Oh, yeah. We have clients with with hundred grand RMDs all the time. Whoa. Okay. Oh, they have a $50,000 penalty? $50,000 penalty for, for missing it. Oh, so on ten grand, it's a five thousand dollar penalty. Even that, that's not a small penalty. Oh. I mean, five thousand is a big deal, and fifty was the biggest penalty the IRS imposed. Okay. Now what they've done is they reduced it to twenty five, and if you actually fix it, they'll reduce it even farther to ten. So now this looks like a good thing, but most people who don't take their RMDs just forget. And the IRS was actually fairly friendly with this the first time. They would usually waive the penalty if you made it up. Mm-hmm. Like if you talk to them and said, "Oh, I'm so sorry, I won't do it again," they'll just say, "Don't do it again," and they'll waive the penalty. Okay. But they've dropped it to 25, and they've actually put some caveats in how much they're going to reduce it even further if you actually do fix it. So I think what's going to happen is they've lowered the penalty, but I think they're going to enforce it a lot more now. Yeah, it makes sense. So get, so, get that 10 percent, right? Yeah. So yeah. they're going to make sure they actually get your RMD there. This next one is also big for more pre-retirees, especially those that uh, got my Illinois tax tip on the 401k contribution podcast. Hashtag Josh tips. (laughs) But they've changed the catch-up contributions. And this one's kind of fun. In 2023, if you're over age 50, you can actually save an additional $7,500 annually into your 401k. And that's, they've always said that over age 50, but now they've added some additional layers. If you're over 62, 63, or 64 in 2023, the catch-up amount increases to $10,000. And that means you could defer a total of over 32000 bucks in your 401k and 403b. Now, that's a big deal. Not only is that a big deal, I'm glad I have show notes because I'm sitting here thinking, you said ketchup. Like, no, like Heinz ketchup. <laughs> You're gonna have, you can save ten thousand dollars in Heinz ketchup. My goodness! Thank goodness Aaron came up with these notes. Yeah, thank goodness. It, it is not the K E T ketchup. Yeah. It is the catch like a like a ball catch like a, hyphen up. Yeah, catch mm-hmm. up. Like, oh, like when when I would start running down the street. Yeah. Like, Come on, Dave, catch up. You're not that far behind. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are swift, so fast. <laughs> Some other things that if you're still working and now. Remember that this isn't the catch-up contributions was important because again you're you're tax arbitraging in your working years. Tax arbitraging. Aaron didn't put that word in the notes. Oh man, the guy has one gallbladder removed and all of a sudden he's Mr. Thesaurus. <laughs> <laughs> That's that has never been my nickname. They've also freed up some privileges to Roth 401ks and Roth 403Bs. So um, there is some rules now where companies can also make their matching contributions as a Roth, which will benefit a lot of people. And then the other thing with Roth 401ks, it's funny, Roth IRAs have never had RMDs. There's no RMDs for a Roth IRA. You can leave it in there as long as you want. But Roth 401ks did. Mm. So if you had a Roth 401k, you did have to do an RMD. And they've gotten rid of that. So now those rules equal the Roth IRA rules, which I think is uh, probably a good idea. It will save some confusion. 
This next one probably will impact younger people. So maybe our listeners, children, or if we have some young, hip listeners, but um, student loan matching, student loans have become a really big deal. And it's going to allow companies to match. If people can't put money in their 401ks or 403bs because they're paying off student loans, yep. that means they're not getting the matches that companies provide sure. for that. So this allows people to, to spend that money and pay off their student loans and still get the matching contributions with that. I feel like this came up recently. Was it on our last podcast we are talking about this? Or maybe, I don't know. So what you're saying is an employee can make a student loan payment and their employer may match that student loan payment and match their 401k to whatever their rules are? So l- let, me, let me use an example here. If you were to pay $3,000 to your student loan and you don't put money in your 401k because you need to pay off your student loan, that would eliminate your ability to get the $3,000 match okay. if, if your company allowed one. But you know it makes the rules where the company can still give you the match now it doesn't go to pay off your student loan, but it does go into your your four hundred one k there. I see, but it's a pretty cool it's a pretty I cool see. thing that's out there. I see, and so that's why you said it applies to to younger folks because yeah, typically retirees won't have a student loan still, unless of course they've taken the same harmonica lessons as me. Oh, you you took expensive harmonica lessons, two hundred grand in debt because of it. But you now, I mean, oh, I can play hot cross buns like nobody's business. <laughs> <laughs> the last one here and the last little nugget has to do with 529 accounts. This is not a retirement account. 529 are college savings vehicles and they are tax-free college savings vehicles. So what ha- would happen as a parent or a grandparent or sometimes even yourself, mm-hmm. you would put money away like a Roth IRA and it would grow tax-free. And if you took it out for college, or some sort of higher education expense, that money would all come out tax-free. Now, the problem was if it didn't come out for an educational expense, the growth was taxed and you paid a 10% penalty. Mm. So people were nervous. Like, what if my kid doesn't go to school? Or what if, you know, what if they don't use it all? And it was hurting them saving for college. So what they did in this, and this is kind of a neat thing, is if your 529 is more than 15 years old, mm-hmm. you can actually roll and this is limited to 35,000 bucks. It's a lifetime limit, 35,000 bucks to a Roth IRA. Penalty it's free. Penalty free. It's pretty cool. So that that actually does two things. It makes 529s, in my opinion, a little bit more valuable, as well as um, give you some freedom and flexibility afterwards with that. So so assuming like the laws for Secure Act 2.0 stay in place, if we were to start a 529 for Landon, yeah. then when he turns whatever, 18, 20, well, 15 years, 23, and he's not going to college, or, like he could just roll over into a Roth? Yeah, you could roll it right into a Roth IRA for Landon. If he doesn't use it for school, he can use it for his retirement. Because he may follow in my footsteps and be professional rampagist. You never know. You never know. Kids these days, you know what I'm saying? Rampage is in like the Nintendo video game? Yeah, we talked about that last week. I'm going to be a professional rampagist. That's how I'm going to turn my hobby into a money-making thing. Remember, that was your question from last week. Now, you did. it was a day before you having your gallbladder out. You may have forgotten, but your Maybe question, I was nervous. Maybe I didn't hear you. Maybe. But you said if you had to take one hobby and make money from it, what would it be? And I said, playing Rampage. <laughs> <laughs> it was forgettable, apparently. Oh, apparently. Well, Michael in, in our office thought it was a great idea, and he's going to help me start my own Twitch channel, whatever that is. Well, Rampage is a great video game. Great. Greatest ever. So, Wait, did you just commit to getting one in the office? No. 
Oh, because they're only okay. Well, it's a great video game. I don't play video games. You're the video game athlete in this in this relationship. That's true. I'm going to give one last thing, and I don't know enough about this to go in depth and detail, but it has the potential to be really neat. Um, qualified charitable distributions. Mm-hmm. This is a tax savings tool that we've used for a long time. It allows you to take your RMDs and donate them to a 501c3 charity. Mm -hmm. So it allowed you to get a a bigger tax deduction. It helps you quite a bit tax-wise. But you weren't allowed to donate it to – there's a lot of charitable trust, and there's some some really cool charitable planning you do with charitable annuities and things like that. But that was not eligible. Mm. Well, a lot of them have become eligible now. So this makes some charitable planning outside of your IRAs a lot more beneficial. So we will be digging into that quite a bit as we get into these uh, to Secure Act 2.0 and all of its exciting parts. Sounds like a hoot. You know, we got like 529s and pizza pizzazzes and QCDs, right? That's the acronym for uh-huh. what you just said. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know, but. Yeah. What? What? Okay. Hey, hey Mr. Josh, Josh. Let's, let's take, take a, a break. break. You've been talking for so long and my ears are sore. Let's not make them snore. Listening shouldn't be a chore. So let's get to know Josh and Dave and watch a rating soar. Mm. Oh, yeah. I like it. Uh-huh. Spice it up uh-huh. a little bit there, eh, Josh? Uh, I don't remember what I did last time, so. But you said like a bugaw with a B, like bugaw, as opposed to like cacaw. I like it. I think you're starting a trend. Well, it was a different bird this time. Oh, right. Birdnoises.com. <laughs> <laughs> So when this goes up onto a video podcast, um, yeah. people see our beautiful table and my giant freaking water bottle. Yeah. Dave normally has these pod decks um, where there's random questions in here that I pick out and I ask. And some of them are really inappropriate. But I didn't open it this time. I actually came up with my own question that... Oh, aren't we fancy, Mr. Tax Guy? <laughs> <laughs> that I'm going to ask you. All right. Yeah. And here's the question. Let's hear it. I want you to recommend one podcast to our listeners. Okay. And it can't be ours because they're obviously listening to this already. Okay. That you think they would enjoy. Wow. What a hard question because there's so many genres. Just one. You can only pick one. Okay. I'm now going through my podcast list to see what I got. Yeah. There's so many at top of mind. This is really hard because I'm an avid podcast listener, as are you. And there's so many different genres. And I mentioned it in an earlier podcast, but Bone Valley. Gilbert King has written a previous book called, um, I think, like Murder in the Groves or something like that. But Bone Valley is a fantastic piece of storytelling about a wrongfully convicted individual who's been in prison for the last 35 years. It is just so well done on every level. It's heartbreaking. It's infuriating. It's uplifting. It's everything. Bone Valley it's a fun one. I like that one. Yeah, it's a, it's I guess technically a true crime, although I mean, not to spoil anything, but they solve two murders in this podcast. So I I really thought you were going to do Smartless. I really thought that's where you yeah. were going to go with that mm-hmm. one. And so I didn't pick that one. Okay. I went with one and I just started listening to this one in the last couple months. It's called Revisionist History by oh. Malcolm Gladwell. So Malcolm Gladwell has written a ton of books. Um I think University of Chicago economist, a fascinating guy. But what he does is he and his team go out and they find specific topics, kind of like his books, and they research and produce the heck out of them. And he does a great – they're about an hour long 
a great story. I mean, you learn so much and it's fascinating. You usually feel good afterwards. I like feel-good podcasts. Yeah, but it, it's really, really interesting as you dig into the inner workings of different things. Sometimes what you think to be true isn't always true, including in history and stuff like that. So Revisionist History, I think, is fascinating. It's a fun podcast for anyone to listen to. I've heard that I've heard that name before, and I just – when you said it, I think Revisionist, I think of a fictional podcast. Like they're going to take a story that we all think we know the, the story to and then like put their own spin on it. But doesn't sound like that's necessarily. It's not. No, he's taking. It, it, sometimes it's you know what happened in the, in the past, like a big event, and they want to know did it change history? Is something different because X happened? Yeah. And they go back and they kind of analyze what's different, how it's different, stuff like that. It, it's really cool. It's a neat podcast. He actually, did I tell you, he reached out. He's oh, he's going to do an episode on the Retirement Equals Freedom podcast in ten years, and just how much we have changed history. Wow. Yeah, I know. We're pretty awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, he's writing it before we even revise history. <laughs> I know. It's so meta. <laughs> um, speaking of which, Dave relates to retirees. Yeah. You had to stop me from talking over the end of that. You um, were about to. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, because yeah. I got to get my word in. <laughs> um, Dave and I right now are sharing an office that doesn't have a table in it because the vendor won't give us the table, apparently. You wouldn't mention it, but I'm getting a little bitter. But uh, I walk in here, and Dave was taking notes on the podcast show notes, and I saw him working on it. And he says, DR2R. And I look at him, I was like, what? DR2R. I go, what's DR2R? He goes, Dave relates to retirees. Wait, are you – hold on. Are you, I was impressed by it. I, I never heard that before. No. I? Oh, my gosh. This is two times one episode. You made a whole a whole like spiegel about this last episode. Oh, yeah, I did. You I did. remember. <laughs> now it's on your notes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So you really were not in the right state of mind in episode 30. Clearly. No, people have to realize when I – when I do the podcast, yeah. once we finish hitting record, yeah. you take it from that point forward <laughs> yeah, until it go until it, like, it releases. I don't hear it until all of our fans hear it. Okay, that's true. And so you spend like a long time <laughs> okay. listening and editing, and I don't. So it goes completely out of my mind, yeah. and I actually haven't finished our last episode yet, okay. so I haven't gotten to that part yet. I apologize. That's fair. That's that's fair. This so, is, Dave, give yeah. me your your dr two r. Oh, dr two r. This is again like last week. This is a really simple thing for me because I, I I get retirees on a very deep level here. But rampageist, like every good dr two r, I have to stack my papers because it's going to be deep. But Secure Act two I feel like we mentioned it earlier. If you're not really paying attention, or if you don't have somebody paying attention for you. It could have slipped under the radar. Josh mentioned it's not really sweeping huge changes that happened like Secure Act 1.0, but they are subtle changes that could make a huge difference in any number of things financially related. Two of my favorite video games, I said it, I'm going back to video games, Toe Jam and Earl. <laughs> There's a video game called Toe Jam and Earl? Toe Jam and Earl. Did that come out when we were kids? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I'm going to go with Rampage again. But these two video games, they were very and are very simplistic, are because I still play them, where there'd only be maybe 15 to 20 different air quote worlds. But every time you would visit the world, some things would be different. The hidden paths would be different. The enemies would be different. And it's so identical to like the Secure Act 2.0 where retirees are pretty comfortable with the changes in, in 1.0, right? And then, but if they're not paying attention, like, boom, 
2.0 sneaks up and hits them, either you got to be paying attention yourself or have a really good advisor. In my case, I was the advisor. My sister, Julie, whom you know, was kind of like you, the retiree. I was an expert. She would play Toe Jam and Earl with me. And if she wasn't paying attention- Did you just insult the retirees? No, not at all. Why would I? Oh, I was worried you compared him to Julie. Oh, Are you Ju- insult- oh, oh Julie. Snap. So I was like Julie's advisor with this. I'd be like, Jules, look, you think you may know this world. We were just here, but there's some different things. There's an oogie boogie over there. There's a, one of those fat opera singers who's going <laughs> to knock you off of the, the stage. There's the lawnmower man who runs around. So I get it. Familiar with Toe Jam and Earl. Familiar with Rampage, but I'm not paying attention. Bang! I can get hit. <laughs> I don't know if that laugh was because you're just like, wow, Dave nailed it. Or if you're like, how the heck am I going to full house this? You know, as you were talking, I uh, was also thinking, how can I go back full circle from our rambling beginnings? And I'm going to do it. I never doubted you. They found out I needed to have my gallbladder out because they were looking at something else. And as they were imaging my stomach, they said, and they weren't even looking at my gallbladder, but they said, hey, that young fellow's got some polyps on his gallbladder. Lucky for me, those doctors were paying attention. They said, hey, we're going to monitor that. Well, the polyps got a little bit bigger and they said, young fella, you got to have those polyps out. And really, they wanted the whole gallbladder. Like your toe jam and football or whatever. Your toe jam and Earl. Toe jam and Earl. I didn't know what I was looking for. And luckily... My doctor did. She's amazing. And she was very calming. And she said, this is, these are the things you're going to have to do. Lucky for Julie that mm-hmm. she had you mm-hmm. to walk her through where the oogie boogie was going to be mm-hmm. and, and Toe Jam and Earl. Mm-hmm. To make it a much more realistic, real world example, you actually hit the nail on the head when you said a retiree who has an advisor looking out and how you can be aware of changes that occur. And when a change occurs and changes occur all the time, you either are going to take advantage of it or it's going to take advantage of you. And when you have that good advisor, you can make sure that something like Secure Act 2.0 isn't an oogie boogie that is going to come out and get you. And when we say that our mission statement is to give clients the confidence to make retirement the best part of their lives, what we mean a lot of that is that you watch the whole picture. There's all sorts of things that could come on, and, and we love to stand by their side and make sure that even the oogie boogie of Secure Act 2.0. And the mailbox monsters and the <laughs> the, the rabid chickens that get oh, you. Oh, we don't do anything with rabid chickens. No, Nothing. Don't mm-hmm. want to mess around with that. No. So that was a great full house moment. I'm going to kind of lighten things up here. Have you noticed when we send out those e- podcast email club emails – that I usually put like a random montage of images in there. Yeah. It's also on the really cool. landing pages. Yeah. yeah. So the montage is usually about the fun things that we talk about. So Toe Jam and Earl is definitely going to be in a montage. Should I put some images of your polyps in there too? <laughs> My gallbladder polyps. I mean, do we have any images of your gallbladder after it's removed? Like it's super gory and gross. Some more behind the scenes stuff here. Yeah. And this is kind of fun for our listeners if they're not looking at the emails or the show notes inside of our uh, of each show page we have a lady leslie who listens to all of these and she writes up the show notes for us and i've never met leslie one-on-one but she takes what we do and she makes 
makes it sound really, really good. <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine what she's going to do with this episode. But she makes these amazing notes. And with your montage are also all of her notes that has links to like every single thing that we talk about. So mm-hmm. if people aren't visiting the show page yeah. or reading the emails, this is a reminder. Sign up for the uh, Retirement Equals Freedom podcast club emails because Dave puts a lot of work into them and they are fantastic. They're very entertaining, probably more entertaining than our show. And rumor has it in the next few months, they're going to be even better. I won't go into that now. Is that Uh, when our table gets here? Yeah, right. FSRwealth.com slash podcast. Dear friends, dear friends, please get onto our email club. Let's just say Josh and I have more time together these days and uh, some fun things will be happening he may not know about them. He may not approve of them, but they're going to be happening. Or if you told me I forgot about them, apparently like our last you know, yeah. DR2R. It's true. You know what I haven't forgot about? These Girl Scout cookies I ordered from your daughter, Maggie. When can I expect them? We have so many random stories in this podcast. <laughs> yeah. So Saturday, Missy, my wife, is in charge of the Girl Scout cookies for the entire troop. Mm-hmm. And Saturday is when she picks up the Girl Scout cookies for the whole troop. And we have to f- be able to pick up somewhere around like – 1,900 boxes of Girl Scout cookies and bring them back to our house on Saturday morning. Wait, that number's made up. No, it's it's huge. It's a huge number of Girl Scout cookie boxes. So um, I'm going to guess next week, Dave, you're okay. going to have Girl Scout cookies. You know, I was just about to do this. Why must you needlessly complicate everything? But when you drop that 1,900 number... It's a stupid number when she told me. So... I ordered four. I thought that was a lot. I'll try and take a picture of our living room after she picks these up so we can see it. It's it's unbelievable. I can't wait. Mm -hmm. I can't wait. Well, I look forward to the Girl Scout cookies, especially the new one that they introduced. I bought a box of them. It's like the brownie shoved inside of a cookie. There's another new one that's being released on the second wave of Girl Scout cookies. I didn't know there's two waves. There's an in-person ordering wave and there's an online, like, I'll ship it to you ordering wave. And it's like a raspberry chocolate cookie. Oh, it looks amazing. Oh, man. So Good thing I still have my gallbladder. <laughs> uh, Debbie, I hope you have your gallbladder and I hope you ordered your Girl Scout cookies because we are going to say bye. Thin mints, tagalongs, dosidos. I like Thin Mints in a freezer. Samoas? Yeah, Thin Mints in a freezer. Uh, like one or two of those at the end of the night is just like the best. Oh, uh, man. The best. Boogie, 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 boogie. Hashtag tax nerd. <laughs> <laughs>